0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. I'm Tony, and today is episode 157 of the podcast, where I sit down with legendary actors, the Skit Guys, and we talk about their brand new movie, Family Camp. Now, I had the opportunity to watch this movie with my family, and it was hilarious. It was so good. So many great things to talk about, with these two guys. They're um, family men themselves. They've been doing this kind of church comedy thing for a really long time. So, our conversation with both uh, funny and scriptural, and we talk about their love of the church, and we talk about how to sustain su- success over long periods of time. It was such a good conversation with two guys who clearly love the Lord. Now, remember, we believe that through intentional conversation, We can help you unpack a deeper relationship with God. So that's our prayer as you listen to this episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you were moved by the episode, if you thought, wow, this is just, man, I just love this content. Do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help get the word out about what God is doing through this platform. As always, we are thankful for you. And now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Tommy and Eddie, the Skit Guys. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited today to be here with two legends in the church world, the Skit Guys. (laughs) Tommy, Eddie, thank you guys so much for being here today.
1: Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us, Tony.
0: You know, I was thinking about how to kick off this um, interview, and I I thought um, that I would ask this question first, and Eddie, we'll start with you. How, how would you describe your calling, and and what the Lord has called you to in your life? Because I I was trying to think about all the accolades I could put with you guys, and I was like, oh, podcasters, actors, authors, but I was really like, man, what what did God call them to? How would you describe it? And then Tommy will go right after Eddie. Great.
2: Tommy invited me to church when I was seventeen years old, September seventeenth, nineteen eighty seven, and. Um, I don't remember what was said or what was sung that night, but I knew I I needed a savior and it was as if Jesus stepped out of heaven and in my heart changed my life. Mm -hmm. And it was very, I mean, it was very, what, and you said a great word calling. And I think that word isn't used a lot anymore, but I, I, once I entered the church in the eighties and the nineties, that was a big word calling. What is your calling? I wish that word would come back more. Um, so that was a main question. Once I became a believer, what's my calling? What am I going to do? What am I going to do for God? How am I going to make him famous? Um, and it, and it really, I, I think it probably was a year later that my calling was. Well, I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to work in the church. I'm going to be I'm going to be a pastor. And I started out as a youth pastor because um, back in the '80s, there was even though we were doing skits and we were even doing skits for big church and youth and that kind of stuff. There was no realm of thinking that there was going to ever be skit guys or full-time this and so but the calling really was to shepherd people the calling was i could probably do a lot of things with my life but this calling oh my goodness um i'm supposed to i'm supposed to help people i'm supposed to love love the church um I, i do remember when i was 18 uh and we got to be interns at a at a church in california and um we got to sit down with this man named howard Hendricks. i didn't know who he was um you know but he was you know big author you know dallas theological seminary i mean just just a master right i i look back and i go i have i had no idea who this who this older gentleman was in front of us but we all got to ask one question as interns and you know i said you know and i as a 18 19 year old kid just going why do you do what you do you know, and and he goes, well, I wanted to be a doctor. I, I could have been a doctor, but he goes, my calling. What instead of saving lives on a medical table, it was to save it was to save lives hmm. to share with him Jesus. And at nineteen years old, that kind of solidified my calling. I could do a lot of things, but even in my arrogant nineteen yearness, I was like, that's it. Like, okay, that I felt that, and he just said it. That's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life.
1: Wow, that's awesome. Yeah yeah, I would piggyback on that. Eddie and I like to say that we're pastors more than pranksters uh, in in the line of work that we have. There's a lot of jokes, there's a lot of humor, and so you can very easily get pigeonholed as uh, as a couple of pranksters. And the truth of the matter is we see what we do as a ministry, and that while there will be so much laughter and so much fun, there's always a message behind what is happening. And uh, my my buddy Eddie, you know, he was very kind to compliment me and invite him to church later on in life he would uh, allow me and help me find something called a life plan. And I sat down with a guy for about three days and went through my whole life Mm -hmm. and and what had happened. And you could see God's hand just molding and coming out of that. I had uh, not just this calling to be a pastor, but this also understanding that the way God created me was to share joy and to help people see the possibility of change. And so like to me, that's really kind of the thing that motivates me, you know?
0: So you guys have been doing ministry together for um, over 30 years now, and that's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's wild to think about. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would be interested. I bet you guys have a really unique perspective. How have you seen the church change, right? Because you guys walk alongside local churches. You go in, mm-hmm. you, you, you're you kind of a catalyst in a lot of ways. You put out a lot of resources. Um what what have you seen? I, I'm kind of curious if you, if you guys would give your thoughts on the status of the local church and compared to where it's where it was and where it is now?
1: Tony, that's a loaded question. We could do <laughs> uh, we could do multiple podcasts on <laughs> the good and bad changes of the church. Uh, i I will choose to focus on, you know one thing that I love that has changed in the church, and that is when we Started doing skits in the '80s. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody laughed. Like you, you, you do your whole show. You do things that you're like, I know this is funny, you know. And they <laughs> would just sit there, you know. Yeah. And after the show is over, you know, and you're shaking people's hands, the glorification of the worm, as they call it, you know, you know, they're then at that point they're like, man, I'll tell you what, that's some funny stuff, man. I never seen anything so funny. You guys are cracking me up, you know. And we're like going, we thought you were dead. Like we had no idea, you know, and and then later on, somebody taught us that, you know, back in the day, it was disrespectful hmm. to laugh in the sanctuary, you know, and so through the past 30 years of we've been together, we we've, we've been able to slowly watch people realize that Oh, this building where we meet is supposed to be a place that is filled with joy and it should be filled with laughter and hope. It doesn't have to be stoic. So that's one big change that I think we've seen. Yeah I
2: would I would just piggyback off that Tony. Um, it's it's sometimes very surreal. No, and what we we get to do this. It's not a got to. Mm-hmm. It's a get mm-hmm. to. Um, we're not yeah. entitled to this. No one has deemed this. You know, whenever we start thinking that we're bigger than we are, any of us, whatever we do, mm-hmm. I mean, and we start thinking, oh, I got to do this, then we're in a lot of trouble. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of beauty to get to do what we get to do, and to have seen. In the eighties when no one would laugh and my back would sweat. I'm like, well, what are we doing? You know. (laughs) Um to to be in front of people now, um, you know, church, you know, services or or a family night where there's a thousand people and there's all ages, two to two hundred, so to speak, and you're hearing laughter, it really is that thing that I, I sometimes just marvel as they're laughing, going I remember when no one would laugh. I remember when this was so disrespectful. So there has been a, been a lot of freeing up, um, in in all of that, and it's been a beautiful get to to see to see this. I I we've also got to be uh, you know privy to some of these screenings and you know, to, to know people are laughing, uh, as they watch it, as they're, as they're, as little kids to adults, little adults are laughing at things, little kids have no idea about and vice versa. So, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be a, a purveyor of laughter in that way. Cause it is good medicine. It does, it does heal a lot of, uh, worries and hurts.
1: Yeah. And when you're at that show and the 200 year old person laughs, that, that's you know, you got money. Yeah.
0: That's, that's you, you that, killed it that's, right there. You literally killed it. That. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: that's dry bones, Tony. That's dry that's bones it, buddy. coming that's alive it. right there. That's, <laughs> that's good stuff. That's biblical. That's biblical.
0: Uh, how, how do you guys deal with the pressure to, to be funny all the time, right? Like, I mean, you guys have been doing this for a long time. Like, creating content at an excellent level over an extended period of time is really hard work. And you guys seem to make it uh, like an act of worship. Um, uh, what what's the secret to um, to producing that much content for uh, th- this length of time? And I, I don't mean to make you guys sound like you're super old. You're not super old, but thirty years is a <laughs> long time. To, it's a long time to do ministry. It's a long time to, to work in the church. You know, like yeah. it's. <laughs>
2: I, I think we're we're both plugged into our local churches, which our youth minister back in the day, he was like, you know, no matter what happens. And 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 again, no matter what happens, like like what does that even mean, right? Like we're gonna do skits and then we're gonna go work yeah. at a church, right? I'm I'm gonna be an education pastor at some point, right? Like that that was that was it, right? Um so and I'm gonna I, manage
1: I, a Chick-fil-A. Those are the two see, options.
2: Those are the two <laughs> options. So so, to, I think we've always been plugged in the local church. Um, you know, like this weekend, I'm filling in for my pastor uh, preaching. Tom, Tommy's a teaching pastor at his church. I think being plugged in, um, which I we've seen so many people, so many bands, speakers, you name it, across the 30 years that – just rose to success and prominence. And then you don't, you don't hear from them anymore because they stopped going to church. They had, Mm. they had the greatest church experience on the weekends or at a conference. And then they don't take their families to church because they're tired. Um, we got to plug, we stay plugged into the local church. And I think, again, it goes with that get to, then you get to, you get to look at what we get to do and create for churches. And we take that. So we take that comedy so seriously. Um, because we know churches all across the country um, need need something. A pastor just needs something just to segue this music to this, to this. And so we don't make it about us. We really do try to go, how can we help the pastor? How can we help the music minister? How can we help the creative arts director, or even the volunteer who has a full-time job, but they're at their church? Those are the things that always stay in our heads. And I think that keeps it fresh.
1: Yeah. I, I would add to that, like, because we're in the local church, we get what is funny and what is off limits, you know? Yes. And and so like a lot of yes. times you'll see I don't know, Christian comedians or whoever, and 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 the the church kind of becomes their foil for their mm-hmm. comedy. And and you know what you probably noticed in the movie, Tony, like there's no making fun of the church. There's no making fun of Christianity. You know, it's walking alongside and going, there's great things. I mean, (laughs) over the years, we should be able to laugh about a lot of things that we do in church that are silly, but it's never making fun of the church. And I, and I think, you know, Eddie, you said something I never thought about it before, but yeah, we are both still plugged in. And it is that reminder that the church is not a stepping stone to something else. Mm-hmm. Like, like the church mm-hmm. is the bride of Christ and yeah. it is a privilege to serve the local church.
0: Yeah. I actually really love the way that you guys honored, not just the local church, but you also honored the pastor. I was a, a local church pastor mm-hmm. for a long time. And in the movie, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he gets to have a little heart to heart and it's super funny and it's just, it's a really um, it's a really honoring film to to the local church And at the same time, wrestling in some of the tension that as a pastor, I identified some of my tension with, um, with the pastor in the film. And I thought that was very well done. And again, not everybody's going to get that joke and that's fine, but I got it and laughed out loud and my wife laughed at me (laughs) laughing out loud. So it it was good. It was really good. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, I, know. I know. That's I all. know
1: the scene you're talking about, and I, I really, I for real, just kind of got goosebumps thinking about that scene because there's such great humor in that scene, and then it hits this just poignant mm-hmm. moment, you know. And one of the things that we've told people is this movie. It, the only person that preaches in this movie is the preacher, like, yeah, like that's mm-hmm. it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I love that. You, you don't go to this yeah. movie and get preached at, you know. Yeah,
2: and the, I, and I am and
1: everybody's uh, imperfect on. too.
2: Oh, just right. Everybody's imperfect. The men have issues. The women have issues. Like there isn't this, you know, and these two men aren't bumbling idiots. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like you would watch on some, you know, 90s and early 2000s sitcoms where it's like, what? You know, um, they all, everybody has issues in trying to deal with things and overcome things and allow God to be first. Um, And I, someone saw the screening and raised their hand and, you know, wasn't really a question. They were just going, hey, and it was, uh, I think, you know, a twenty-something uh, young lady, and she just said, "Hey, thanks for making these characters imperfect. Th- mm-hmm. Thanks for, thanks for making everybody have having to have things they got to figure out, and either be selfish or point it to, toward God." And and I, and I love that. I love that as yeah. far as what we did in this movie.
0: I I am curious. How, how do you guys decide on what projects you're going to do? This obviously a, a full um, movie like this. That it's a multiple year undertaking. It's, you know, it's, it's a big project. You guys have written uh, books together, like all the things, right? Like h- how do you guys decide um, what God is calling you to next?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I, I'm I'm going to turn it to the movie. I, I, I don't really know exactly how to answer your question. I'll let Eddie think about it. He may answer it more eloquently than I can but I can say about the movie that it's always been a dream. It was that if you've ever had that dream that most of you go says like, "Eh, probably not going to happen, you know? Um, But, but for me, it was that, you know, where normal guys would have a dream to play in the NFL or (laughs) be in the NBA. And, you know, (laughs) was never really a good sports guy. So that was never the dream. This was the, this was the ultimate dream. And, you know, there's a, the short version is this, there, there was a moment in time we'd talked, we'd written scripts, we'd done certain things. And my buddy Eddie prays and and says, God, we're, we're done. You know, people had said, Hey, why don't you crowdsource it or this, you know? And, and Eddie just said, you know, God, we're done. If you want us to do this, then we'll, you know, we'll do it, but we're not going to force it. And two hours later, he got an email from a guy that just, and and it was an acquaintance, a, a good acquaintance. And the guy said, Hey, was thinking about you guys. Have you ever thought about making a movie? You know, and Eddie replied back, "Yes, you know." And he said, "I need to connect you with someone, you know." And and then you know we would get into the weeds if we went on with the story. But but that connection was what started the ball rolling to make this movie happen. And the guy that we connected with there opened up, helped open up other doors. God used that person, you know. So I think we've said for years. You know, God has just the right people, people you don't even know, he who he brings into your life at just the right time to accomplish what he wants to do. And when you look at what we do, I would say many times it's because God has brought people in and it's opened up a door and we walked through it. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Do what you can, what you have, where you're at, and leave the results up to God. Um, yeah. So for past 20 years it really was well we could do this conference and we could do this or hey why don't we think about creating this for the store for skidguys.com and i think you just have to keep like if you're on this wave you're you've got to keep looking out and going okay well there's a wave there's a wave there's a wave there's a wave let's let's go over there see what this is like see what this is like and it probably wasn't tony until fireproof came out that it was like oh wait Jesus films were just on college campuses, you know, uh, supported by Campus Crusade for Christ. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, oh, wait. This is, wait, there's books in Walmart over marriage over this Kirk Cameron movie? What? Um, So it really was, a fit, and I think that's the thing about dreams. Um, Whatever your dreams are, you know, uh, there's a decision to make a dream, whatever that wave is. There's a decision to go after it. And then to keep in mind, there's always going to be delays. There's going to be dead ends. There's going to be difficulties before there ever is deliverance. You're going to hit them. And I think that's where most people give up on the dream that God has put into their heart. When a dead end happens, we go, well, nope." When the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, you know, and rob something, up, oh, I heard God wrong. Nope, nope, nope. And we stop in the delays and the difficulties and the dead ends when it comes to a dream. But that dream has been since fireproof, and no one was asking us to do a movie up until maybe eight years ago, and it was. It was just a gentleman, and we – and it was just a gentleman, hey, have you ever thought about this? And we were, we were acting as if – bottom line, if you look at any of skidguys.com videos or if you've seen one at your church, behind the scenes, even though it costs money, part of a dream costs money, we were acting as if we were making it like a film set. So it wasn't hmm. like three people – you, sometimes you had 17 people and you had your PAs and your you know, the cinematographer and the director I mean, we did it all um, it cost money to do, but at the same time, we were acting, acting as if if this dream ever happens, we need to be in the pocket to do it, and so um, we started doing it but it took a long time dreams just take a long time
1: I, I, I don't want to add one thing, because we're talking about a movie called Family Camp and um, I also have a dog, Um, but, uh, you know, it may seem like we say yes to everything like like you're talking about. You made a movie, you wrote books, you do these mini movies, you travel and do shows. But there's a sweet lady named Sarah who works for us and she she answers the phone and books all of our shows. And when she first started working for us, she would ask us, hey, do you want to do this event? And we would look and go, no. And she was like, wait, why would you not say yes to everything? If, if it's ministry, if it's sharing the gospel, why would you not say yes to everything? And we said our families. Hmm. We, we're not going to say, my goodness, I don't know what's going on with the dog, but we may have an intruder. Um, but she, we said because of our families, because our families yeah. come first. And Sarah, what she did was she printed up a picture of Eddie's family and she printed up a picture of my family and she set them on her desk and when she would answer phone calls and try to decide whether we would go do an event or not she would look at our families and go oh yeah sometimes you have to say no because there's other things that are more important so the the fact that we made a movie called family camp family has always been so vital to us in deciding what we're going to do and what we're not going to do yeah. the the get to the get to
2: is free your ministry is free now whatever you know that, that but when the yeses that you, every yes you say to somebody else you're, you're saying no to your family. So mm-hmm. those, no's have to, those no's come with a price. Um, so you have to be really, really cautious and aware of what those no's are. Because um, mm-hmm. it is a no to your family at the end of the day. So what does that look like? Yeah.
0: Well, one of the major themes of the movie is obviously family, but particularly for a uh, for dad. And maybe it's just because I identified as as a dad in the movie, um, at, you know, in, in different seasons of my life. I'm I'm curious. Um, as you guys were, were putting all of this together, uh, was there anything about like, uh, conviction wise that needed to change in your guys' lives and any, any, cause you guys are both family guys, um, you know, as a part of this, I'm, I'm thinking about the dad who's listening who's like, man, I need to get, I need to be more committed to my family. Do do you have any first steps that maybe was successful for you guys in that process? Hmm.
1: That's convicting. I'll let Eddie answer it.
2: <laughs> mm. I, I I think uh, a huge part of um, where dads get their insecurity or their inferior inferiority um, or just feeling like just just let let mom do it or um, we men are such doers. And so we feel like if we're just doing things at work, and if we're just if we're maintaining, you know, the grass, and we're, we're, you know, taking care of the hot water heater, and we're doing, then we're good. And sometimes we just don't stop and just really uh, play with our kids. Or, um, you know, I, I, since my kids were little, I was very intentional of going on daddy daughter dates. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I have ticket stubs when they were just little kids, and and I would just encourage dads. You know, if you've got little kids, go on a daddy daughter date. My daughters at the age of four and five had no idea what was Ice Age was all about as a movie or a Chicken Little. But I remember going to them and sitting, and sometimes they'd fall asleep. Uh, they my one of my daughters fall asleep in cars. Like we, I would take them <laughs> to movies. You know. Uh, we we'd go to McDonald's and have, share an ice cream cone, and their face would break out. Oh, they have a dairy allergy. Like, but those are the things. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, in the midst of doing what? What's one little? What's one little moment? What's one little sitting alongside the curb, emotional curb, with your teenager that you're not trying to fix it. But you're just listening to them. As, even it could be nauseating and just long, but you're just listening. You're sitting on the, the side of the emotional curb, taking it in and just empathizing. Empathizing is a huge word, uh, mm-hmm. I think, for dads to not fix. You know, and sometimes they even ask the question, dads, to go um, as some your wife or a coworker or even your kids going, they, they're telling you a problem. And to even ask, hey, I'm a fixer. Do you want me to listen or do you want me to help fix it? And and to even ask that question and for the other person to go, I just want you to listen and then to shut your pie hole and listen. <laughs> so that th- those would be those would be little things, I think.
1: Yeah, that's good. I, I would say my daughter is 24 and we had a daddy daughter date two nights ago. Okay. So those things, if, if that's something that you've started with your kiddos, um, well, it, it can last, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and that's, you know, one of the things, you know, she said to me, and she's like, it's been a while since we had a daddy daughter date, you know, and it's pretty great that your 24 year old wants to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we also, you know, both of us had our kids were on set the whole time, you know, uh, Eddie's kids are in the movie and my kids work behind the scenes um, you know, we overcame the child labor laws and, you know, got that taken care of. No, my kids are both older. But uh, yeah, so so I, I think it was great to have, you know, it was bring your kids to work day every day that we made this movie. Hey,
0: everybody, just pausing this conversation to remind you that the Reclamation Podcast is part of the Spirit and Truth Podcast Network. The Spirit and Truth Podcast Network is a ministry of spirit and truth, a Wesleyan minded uh, awakening and revival Organization, so we are five hundred one c three nonprofit that equips and trains pastors and lay leaders in what it means to follow the calling of God. We're so thankful to bring you content like this, other podcasts on the network, and our theological magazine Firebrand, in addition to our Awakening weekends that we do all over the U.S. One of the ways that you can support this podcast is by considering uh, becoming a monthly donor. Our monthly donors are our partners, and we're so thankful for them. To start giving today, go to spiritandtruth.life slash give. Now, let's finish up our conversation with Tommy and Eddie. On such a big project like this, I'm curious if there were any particular moments where you're like, oh, I can clearly see God in this, or like those kind of like, um, this moment could only be made possible because of what God's done. A- anything like that? Really stick out to you in the filming process?
1: (laughs) It's Tony. It's such a difficult question because the the answer to that is like every day. I mean, Mm. but 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 I can I I I can narrow it down a little and say that when we started filming this movie. the, the, we were the only movie filming in the United States at that moment. And oh, there wow. was only one other movie filming in the world. And and that was because of the pandemic. And um, what's beautiful is we didn't ignore the pandemic. We had really responsible, smart people who were taking a look at trends and what was happening. And it was towards the beginning and there was a surge and then there was a dip. And when that dip hit, they said, we're making the movie, you know? And so we took precautions and had protocol. But for that time that we're filming, no one got sick. Um, You know, even though we had groups of extras, large groups of extras, like nobody, there wasn't one case, you know, and we have to look at that and say, that seems like a blessing in the midst of everything that was going on. You know, Um, weather was not a problem. Um, We had one weather issue, you know, and when you film for multiple weeks, outside almost everything we filmed was outside sure and you know we had one it was a very last night that we were filming we had literally one shot left to get not even a whole scene just a shot and some storms rolled in and you know when we were supposed to be done at one I think in the morning we were done at six in the morning you know because of that one delay but other than that the weather so I, I think that you know I, I don't know that I would go here's this one thing I would go Almost daily, you saw God not just helping us through the process, but moving in people's hearts. You know, there's stories of crew members. uh, There's stories of actors um, whose faith was just rejuvenated. Or, you know, we saw God do great things. It was crazy to see God move.
0: That's awesome. Eddie, what about you? Where did you see God move kind of in the filming process of, of the movie?
2: Um one one beautiful it just would make me tear up every day uh with all our we call them mini movies on SkitGuys.com. a lot of the stuff that we put out for churches instead of just calling them videos you know back in the day we called them mini movies so and so that just kind of <laughs> stuck it sounded better than video right um, like something you'd stick in your VHS player um but we we had a uh, <laughs> we had a um, basically a makeup person that would come on set and do everybody's makeup and her name is Cynthia. And, um, we have got to just watch Cynthia. Um, I mean, how long has she been with us, Tommy over a decade, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you get to watch Cynthia always be on sets around Oklahoma and always helping out. And then, and then with our movie, she got to be the lead, um, makeup makeup director. She, she was in charge of about four other people, that was continually doing all these actors and everybody else's makeup and, you know, going on set and, and I mean, they're wearing masks and, uh, but I I saw Cynthia stick scripture up on her, up on her uh, mirror, you know, in the trailer. And I saw her really lean on God and I saw her really went from fear to faith. And, and I think it's those little things. When you do relationships with people, you get Mm -hmm. to see them come out of their shells and, and be bigger and better than they thought they were for, for, for God's sake. Um, it was, it was truly beautiful to watch that.
0: So good. Well, one of the things that's um, clear is that you guys both have a, a really intimate relationship with the Lord. Um, I'm, I always love to hear from people. What are some of the things that you do on a regular basis to stay connected um, to to God and, and to make sure that you're kind of in a place where you're starting with God first?
2: Hmm. Uh I I have a really simple memory verse because um if it gets too elongated I won't remember it but John 3:30 <laughs> John 3:30 says you know he must increase and I must decrease. I mean if we woke up every day and tried to really live that out where mm. he must increase and I must decrease like I think each one of us no matter how long we've been a faithful follower of Jesus Christ there's probably 10 decreases that we can make in our life. There's 10 things that we go, ooh, ah, ooh, you know. Or if you talk to somebody and you're like, hey, how am I doing when it comes to my walk with God? And they will tell, well, and they give you the three. And then if you were to go, yeah, but there's 10% you're not saying, t- tell me that. They're like, um, I don't know if I should, you know. But if they did, if they did tell you those 10% of things that they see, those little character tweaks in you, those things that are just fatal flaws that haven't been fatal yet. Those are your decreases. And so every morning I just – I really do try to go, God, I know my stuff. I know how I fail. Um, I want you to increase today and I need to decrease. in these areas that I, I see really flaming right now, really big. Um, so <laughs> that's that's one thing that I try to do is increase and decrease up and down. And uh, it's hard. It's hard at times.
1: Yeah, I, um, I have a, a structure. I – I watch televangelists every day and it really helps. So. you giving away a no, lot of money. I, uh, I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> you're poor. I'm broke. You're broke. Uh, man, <laughs> you're blessed. blessed. Broken, yeah. blessed. <laughs> blessed. <laughs> Broken blessed. Broken so blessed. No, I, I'm i going to grab this real quick. Hold on. It's right here. Um, I, I, I made a... Um, I changed my quiet time a while back, and it's been a game changer for me. And um, and I'll just share it. I, I get nothing out of this other than the fact that I hopefully it honors God. But they have these little deals. Um, it's little. It's just like like I'm I'm in Romans right now, right? Mm-hmm. And it's called a scripture journal. And one page has you know the scripture, and the other page is just blank. And so every day when I meet with God, I sit down and I read. I I I discipline myself. Like I will stop right there. Even though the story goes on, I stop at the end of the page and and I've got a a red pen and a black pen. And I just, as I'm reading, I'm underlining the red, like, like there's, there's from this one, you know, today. And, and then I just sit down and write whatever comes to my mind. And the idea behind it is not that I'm going to gain, not that I'm, I mean, I do gain some knowledge, but it's not that I'm gaining knowledge. It's just trying to be in tune with what I feel like God is telling me in that moment, you know? And sometimes I'll go back and read it and be like, oh, I was off. That was the pizza I ate last night. But sometimes I'll go back and read it and go, wow, yeah, I heard from God this morning. I I think that's been a real game changer for me. Uh, And I implemented, I'm not a liturgical guy historically, but I found a really great morning prayer. And I pray it every morning because my head's just kind of foggy sometimes in the mornings, you know? And so having something just that that i'm going this is what i'm going to do and then yeah that's that's kind of what what
0: where i am these days well one of the things that um the movie really talks about is how easily or kind of demonstrates rather is how easy it is for guys to become isolated uh, and you two have been connected for a really long time um what are some of the keys to a long-term real friendship that that maybe um that you guys have learned working with each other and being friends for as long as you have.
1: Tony, I'm glad you asked that. The key is in a book called smells like bacon. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, We <laughs> we did get to write a book about our friendship called smells like bacon. And, um, I'm really proud of it. I, I yeah. think it, it has like all of those little keys, yeah. um, at least what have worked for us. Um, well, I, I actually posted about one today and and that is, um, you know, the scripture says in Colossians to bear with one another and forgive one another. And I think that you don't have a 30 plus year friendship, not, not a close one, unless you've learned that sometimes, you know, you don't have to like each other all the time. You don't have to like what the other guy does all the time. Mm. Sometimes you just bear with one another and, and you remember it's it's not the actions or the words of a person that caused you to become their friend. It was who they were inside. And then that person who they are inside is still there. And I think it's it's bearing with one another sometimes and it's forgiving one another. And over the years, I, I don't think either one of us, I mean, maybe we could, I, I don't think we've kept track of how many times Eddie's forgiven me and how many times I've forgiven him or how many times I've had to bear with him and he's had to bear with me. Um, you, you just keep doing it because you love one another. Yeah. I think friendships, uh,
2: some friendships stop because one person stops growing. I mean, let's face it. We're all leaders to some extent. I mean, if people are listening mm-hmm. to us, you're, you're a leader. If you're a parent, you're a leader mm-hmm. and leaders are learners. And if you're not learning, you're not leading. And so I, I think it also takes in friendship to, two people that are continually wanting to learn and to grow. Um, whether it's any relationship, yeah. a marriage, a friendship, you know, what what have you? There's a there's an ability or this uh, drive to keep learning. Um, I think if Tommy and I in this 30 year friendship, if either one of us just wanted to stop growing or learning, it probably would have died because there's only so much someone can do. You can't keep resuscitating a, a friendship. But yes, in, in that book smells like bacon. We have, I mean, it really is. We sat down and went, okay, what are what are our bacon bits of friendship? What are those things that we have instituted in our life? And you know, one of them is you never leave a man behind. Uh, we, mm. we don't ever we don't ever leave one alone, you know, uh, or by themselves or make them feel isolated. Um, another one is called the tunnel of chaos. Uh, you have to go through the tunnel of chaos to get to the tunnel of love. And that could be in marriages and in friendship. The tunnel of love is a beautiful swan. The tunnel of chaos is an ugly goose that nobody wants to sit in and deal with problems. But Tommy and I get in the tunnel of chaos um, because we know it doesn't mm-hmm. just stay in the tunnel of chaos. It leads to goodness. We go there. Um, and, and I think those are huge. Uh, but yeah, those are all in the book where you can call us and we'll tell you.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's really true. And and I would say this, Tony, you said something that I think is a misnomer, and that is that it's men who can be isolated. Mm. I think that there's a lot of women who are isolated. They just hide it better. You know? Yeah. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. And and I think, to be honest with you, that's one of those things that you see in the movie that is beautiful. Is my character and Eddie's character, they've got to learn to bear with one another, you know? But our wife characters, what they, they are two people who have felt isolated. Yeah. And in the movie, they kind of find each other yeah. and go, Oh, your life isn't as great as I thought it was, you know? And there's so many, you know, ladies in our world today that are, you know, they're scrolling on Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. and going, everybody el- else's life is better than mine, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And yeah. and so once you get close to each other, you can realize, Oh, that's not
2: true. Yeah. We're not, they're not suffering actually, the, in silence. Th- yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Man.
0: The, the, The better truth is that it might, might just really be a battle of expectations that men just have such lower expectations than, you know, than our wives, then that, that could just be part of the, the tension and all of that. So that's, that's a really good word. I like Mm -hmm. that. Now, one of the things I know about my community is that they love to pray. And as this movie gets out into the wild, um, what, what, or, or how can they pray for it? What's Mm -hmm. the prayer? You want to start that one, Ed?
2: I, I think more than anything, um, we we would love to continue to make faith-based, family-friendly comedies. This is the first one. This is the first faith-based, family-friendly comedy. This is the first movie where people aren't buying two tickets. You know, where the you know where it's a two-ticket movie. This could potentially be four tickets, six tickets. So, I I, I think the prayer would be we we want to help parents, grandparents, you all to come out of the theaters being heroes. Um, we, mm. in everything we do, there's humor, heart, and hymn. We always point it back to God. Um, you're going to laugh. You know, someone called this, you know, well, it looks like an Adam Sandler movie without Adam Sandler. Well, um, no, it's, 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 it's really good. And it's funny. You're going to laugh. We all, laughter is good medicine. But with that, there's heart. And there's and we point it back to God to where you can leave the theater and you get to be the hero with you. So a prayer is God help this movie to have families connect and have a good time because that laughter, oh, it could be the ointment that you need when you leave the theater to have great significant conversations. Laughter does do that. So that would be a huge prayer. The laughter breaks down walls for truth to enter for families.
1: Yeah, that's that's huge. That that's what we want. We want families to be healed and Uh, piggybacking on what Eddie said about wanting to make more movies, we believe that, you know, with all of the great Christian movies that have been made and will be made, there's still a, there's a gaping hole of, of, of real great family humor. And we want to fill that hole because we think it's important. We think it's important for families to go do this together and to have fun together and to laugh together. But realistically in, in the world that we've stepped into Tony, what we've learned is that, first weekend is everything. Yeah. And you know, the powers that be that either say, "Yep, we'll make another movie with you," or "Nope, we won't." They're looking at that first weekend. So, I would say a prayer is that that this movie would do well the first weekend for the sole purpose of this our ministry being able to make more movies to encourage families more because we've got a lot of ideas of how to encourage the family and, and, and encourage family's faith. We've got a lot of laughs in us and we want to share them all. And yeah. so I, I think a prayer is just that this movie will do well so that we can do that. If this one does well, it opens up doors for a lot more opportunity to do that.
2: Yeah. And Tony, we, we know people will lower their, people will lower their standards to be entertained mm. uh, with this movie. You don't have to lower your standards. Um, you're going to laugh. You get to look on the side and see even your teenager laugh a little bit. It hits It hits all ages, um, and there's no lowering your standards. There really isn't a bait and switch. Even if, you're, even if you're going, I've gone to the other movies, but I'm not so sure about a comedy, we, we do ask you to trust us. We do ask you to just give us that one step of small faith if you have no idea who we are and trust that we are going to take care of you and your families, and it isn't a bait and switch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As Christians, we lower our standards, right? To go All to a movie time, that man. we're like, gosh, I shouldn't be going to this, but I want to laugh. We want to see non believers lower their standards and go, <laughs> I don't normally go to Christian movies, it but I'll good. check that one out because it looks funny. Yeah. And throughout our history, you know, we've had a TV show uh, called Laugh with the Skit Guys. And we'll get emails from people saying, I can't get my dad to go to church, but he loves to watch your TV show, mm. you know, or, you know, my, my, whoever, my aunt doesn't go to church, but she loves Yeah. So we, we think we've made something that you could invite, uh, an unchurched mm-hmm. friend to, and I think yeah. they're gonna gobble it up.
2: It's, it's it, Tony, it yeah, really uh, is. I'll, it's, it may not. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. Go ahead. You're oh, good. I was
2: just going, I was just going to say a lot of the movies that have come out really have been for the believers. And this is still for the believer, but I, I, not a, but, and with all of that, we've, we've allowed another door to open up is to you can invite somebody, you can invite somebody and they're going to have a good time. They may sit there and go, this is a Christian movie. And it's supposed to be funny Ugh. and they'll find themselves laughing. And they may even find themselves God touching their heart on some issues that they need to deal with. So we've, we've created a mission field, uh, for churches to in, invite the unchurched to a movie and but i, th- I think everyone will still get fed
0: mm-hmm. my 16-year-old gave a really high compliment i said well what'd you think son I, i'm going to talk to these guys you know what's your feedback and he goes it was all right so I, look, yeah, I love it. That's great. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take, take it. I'll take it. Look, I was like, win, win, win. That's, That's good. Win. It's all right. That's yeah. a yeah. with a yeah. It's yeah. all
2: right. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. I have one more That's question awesome. for you, but before I ask it, um, where is the best place to learn all things skit guys? How can people get connected with you and uh, follow what God's doing through your ministry?
1: uh, skitguys.tv is, is your best place to go. Uh, man, you can watch free videos there. You can find out what's going on in our ministry. We've got a podcast. Um, we've got bedtime Bible stories. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Bedtime Bible stories. I mean, yeah. So skitguys.tv is your best place to go.
0: That's awesome. Uh, okay. Last question. I always love to ask people. It's an advice question. I'm going to ask you to give yourself one piece of advice, except I get to name the time. And in this particular case, I want to take you back to the day after your very first skit together. So if you could pull up a chair uh, and sit knee to knee with a younger version of yourself and look that young man in the eyes before everything's about to change in his life, what's the one piece of advice you're going to give him? (sighs) Hmm.
1: I wish I would have learned sooner that, um, let Eddie be Eddie and you be Tommy mm. and, uh, don't, don't compete with one another. We, we spent a few years competing with one another. Um, and, and once we learned that lesson and it took, I don't know, it took a few years, you know, I think once we learned to, to let the other person be the other person and you just be you. Um, I wish I would have learned that sooner.
2: Yeah. Um, Probably be gentle on yourself, kid. Uh, There's a lot of uh, beating yourself up over what you could have done, should have done, would have done, especially back in those early days when you when you when no one's really asking you to do it for a job. Um, It's just, you know, you're going from church to church for gas money and chicken dinner. But there's something maybe inside you, like, you know, to harken back to your first word, calling. There was a calling. Mm-hmm. There was something about it that we were doing skits differently, Tony. Um, most skits in the 80s were very cheesy. You got to Jesus very quickly. The third sentence, Jesus was introduced with scripture that backed it up. And that was the cough medicine. Oh, okay. They're up there doing a skit. But they said, Jesus, they're okay. Okay. And we were still in stuff from Saturday Night Live and trying to make a Christian, so <laughs> very hard to do. That's hard um, to do. But yeah. there was this, there was this thing instilled in you when you would get in the truck. When we get in the truck, and and it was, God, this is good. This is good. And then, but but there isn't a, a platform for this. There isn't. There isn't. We're gonna be youth ministers. This isn't gonna go anywhere. But there was a burning mm. desire inside you, and, and I wish I could have been more gentle on myself um, instead of maybe drivenness or beating yourself up or anything, but I think it's a good, yeah. Be gentle on yourself, kid.
0: That's great guys. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Thank you for putting good comedy out into the world. Um, and I just, I can't wait to see what God does through this movie. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. And thank you for your kind words. Man, I love the heart of these two guys. They're both funny, they're relatable, and uh, it was a great conversation. I really appreciated the way they called themselves pastors, not pranksters. I love their heart for the local church and the way that they just continue to stay connected um, to God throughout the entire, you know, kind of rise to success. It's not every day you find somebody who's like that. So, hey, do me a favor, hit them up, go see their new movie, Family Camp, wherever uh, you like to watch movies at, and let them know that you heard them here on the Reclamation podcast. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you, for our community that we get to build. And uh, remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.